welcome to the 118th episode of The Week with Roger, a conversation between analysts about all things telecom, media, and technology from Recon Analytics. I'm Don Kellogg, and with me as always is Roger Entner. How are you doing, Roger? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. I'm getting into the uh, holiday swing of things. Oh, boy. <laughs> yeah. So Charter had their investor day on the 13th, and I thought they had a lot to say, uh, and there's certainly a lot going on in the MSO world. So I thought we could talk a little bit about that and your, your thoughts about the Investor Day presentation. I thought it was actually a very good and, and very illuminating Investor Day. The stock market doesn't agree with me because charter stock price dropped like in two days by 15%. They, they're misunderstanding of what charter actually did here, Right. Charter, I thought, laid out a really clear and comprehensive strategy. The only criticism that one might have is that all the cool things that they're rolling out with new technology comes in 24, not in 23, right? Mm -hmm. That makes 23 look probably more like 22. But when I look forward... It's a really, really compelling story. You know, you have a combination of technology upgrades where they they really show how they can, in a very cost-effective way, $5.5 billion for the upgrades that they are running is, is nothing, right? And how they are successively are upgrading from one gig today to two gigs down and one gig up, and then going further to five and 10 gig, and then fiber and demand over the next couple of years. That is a very ambitious, a very effective roadmap that even though maybe a year, two years behind fiber is is giving them a lot of very strong weapons. Because the question is, from today's perspective, do you need two gigs or five gigs down? Right now, you don't, right? It's, it's, like, it's like multiple hundred megabits on a, on a cell phone. It's like speed test is your killer app, right? Well, the other thing I thought was interesting looking at this is that you know, everybody talks about how Doxis 4 isn't here yet, it's coming, et cetera. They can get to that 5 gig on Doxis 3.1, and they don't yes. need 4 until they get to 10 gig, right? So the existing standards that they have deployed allow them to get to a much more competitive place before they have to go to Doxis 4.0. I think everybody knows it's coming, but it's still not here yet, right? So it's not it's not the silver bullet that, that I think a lot of people think it is. We, we can ride out 3.1 for a while, still and still still be pretty okay and for a hundred dollars a passing and since they have 55 percent share of their passing that means for every customer it costs them 200 dollars to upgrade them that's nothing that's really really cheap and and wall street freaked out about that i'm like what are they thinking right and on top of it Charter laid out their expansion, both from RDOF and from state grant. And so that gives them like 15, 20%, a little bit more than 15% 
additional footprint. And in markets where, where, where they have right now zero market share because they're not there. And so if they come in as an overbuilder, they can do 30%, 40% easily, right? So I thought a lot of this was, was very methodical, very, very impressive. I, I, I was like, okay, there may be a year later than, than one would hope. But the plan is is very very competitive, of how they go from today one gig, one gig down thirty five megabits up, in which is in their entire footprint, right? Following to two one, then five over one, and then ten over one with Doxis four point and one gig uplink is plenty, right? Now it gives. Fiber, the opportunity to say, but we're symmetric, you know, you want to have symmetric. And there are some people who will say, yes, they're symmetric. The question is, what are you doing with more than one gigabit of uplink, right? Now you have to run a lot of 4K video to fill up one gigabit of, of uplink. At the same time, if I would be fiber, I would be hammering symmetric, 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 uh, you know, until the cows come home, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, I think I agree with you in terms of the long-term roadmap. I think, as you mentioned, the trick is going to be 23, right? We see increased pressure from fiber overbuilding. We see increased pressure from FWA. So how does, how does that play out in 23 until we get to the bridge on 24? Well, I think in, in 23, I, I view charter holding down the fort on on home internet with a largely even year but then significant growth in wireless you know when when you look at it in wireless they have a very very compelling story you know the spectrum 1 plan which is a at least for the first year $50 for a gig plus unlimited wireless. And for a family of four, that's like $140. is like incredibly compelling. How it is in subsequent years, you know, we'll see how they adjust the, the pricing or not adjust the pricing in a year later. But that is a killer offer. And we see it in our data, how, how strong the appeal is. It's easily twice as high as competitive prices, right? I had I had Comcast call me, you know, the other day, and they're offering me two year no contract cable deal for five dollars less than I pay for fiber, and I'm like, uh, no, right, <laughs> right. Whereas if I would li- live in in Spectrum Land, then Hey, then that's a whole different ball game, right? Because my my cost would like drop significantly, you know. And and what really helps not only Charter but like everybody else is Wi-Fi six E and Wi-Fi seven is coming on the six gigahertz band, which allows you with you know six E is two by two gigabit, and Wi-Fi seven is ten by ten gigabit, which is then 
then your your wireline connection is no longer the bottleneck. But you can have really very compelling applications with low latency and you know Wi-Fi seven and and five G together looks like pretty amazing. And and I like Charter's you know Spectrum One strategy that says like you know you want to have ubiquitous communication regardless of where you are and make that seamless and integrated. And this convergence is. is I think a really good good idea. The, the question is then how do they market it and and how do they hold down the Ford against against cable? Fiber. Against fiber, exactly. That is coming to more and more places. Right now they have forty four percent overlap with fiber and and this will only go up. And then you have the, the competition from fixed wireless that comes in with $25 for fixed wireless if you're a customer. And we know that the that the leading indicator of you switching to fixed wireless is that you're either a Verizon or a T-Mobile customer on wireless. The trick here is how Charter is going to navigate the, the folks that are trying to undercut them on fixed wireless with Verizon and, and T-Mobile and how fiber is is coming in and you know if i would be fiber i would be like you know five gigs a metric here you go right the competition goalpost has been moved from one gig to two and five and and in order to beat fixed wireless right fixed wireless you can beat on speed right realistically speaking we're now seeing, you know, fixed wireless realistically in the 300, 200, 300 megabits speeds. Some in a lot of people see only 100, but we hear from a lot of our respondents uh, the two, 300 point. And that's only going to get stronger, right? In At least in rural parts. Well, if you're, if you're in an area where you only had access to DSL prior, then fixed wireless is a fantastic Deal. If you're a renter or don't want to drill a hole, a hole in the side of your house, then fixed wireless is a great deal, right? If you want the fastest speeds possible, then you still have to either go with cable or with fiber, right? And that's not going to change anytime soon. Well, I think it's it's it, we have to look into three buckets, right? One is the DSL folks, where this is a a win all the way around, right? Mm-hmm. Then we have the, the the cable refugees who were somehow don't like cable, whatever for whatever reason, right? And they're willing to step down in speed. And you have the fiber refugees, which are like 10, 15%, we see. And they just want to have a lower price offer. And they're living, willing to live with a hundred, hundred or two hundred and three hundred. But like the the charter one plan is like fifty bucks with broadband and mobile combined, and that's a very compelling offer. Mm-hmm. Right. So we spoke a little bit about the Ardoff bids that they won. I think they're spending about five billion dollars and getting about a, a billion dollars and kind of matching funds from that to build out. There's also a lot of 
uh, money from Bede that's sitting on the sidelines as well. well we, we haven't talked about that yet. Yeah, right? exactly. Right. So we expect that to start coming in in 23 too. How, how does that kind of impact the overall outlook for broadband in general and then specifically for charter? Well, broadband will become in a lot more places the standard, right? And I would expect, you know, the cable, or I would expect especially charter to be a, a, a a strong participant in the BEAT program. They're the largest qualified winner of RDOF. And if RDOF is good for you, then BEAT is awesome for you, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so I would say they will, they will be very aggressive on that, especially because you only qualify for BEAT money if your geography does not have at least 100 megabits of speed. And since Charter is one gig in their entire footprint, that means every beat market that they win is full upside for them. It's all right? greenfield for them, yeah. It's all greenfield for them because they have done the hard work of giving one gig in their entire footprint, right? Mm -hmm. And so one of the big winners could actually be Charter here, right? I know, you know, on the fiber side, I'm, I would expect AT&T to participate very strongly here from the nationwide companies. Maybe, maybe Verizon finds it, but they will do it probably only in the, in the Northeast where they have the existing footprint, right? Yeah. Which which happens to be a lot denser anyway, so there's probably less pockets there than you would find in a lot of other places uh, in the well, country. Well, you have like a lot of New York, you have you have Maine, uh, Maine you know, <laughs> yeah. you have yeah, the problem, New Hampshire. The problem with Maine is nobody lives there, but yeah. Well, that's the definition of rural, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you, you know, you even have, there are even, rural, you, you're always joking when I talk about rural parts of Rhode Island, right? <laughs> And 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 they are there are very rural parts of Rhode Island, especially at the border towards Connecticut. I can tell you from firsthand hand experience, you know, and my son can tell you even more because he's a first responder there, right? I know for coming from California, it's unbelievable, but yes, there are rural parts in in in, in Rhode Island. Yeah, well, in the West, we have zip codes that are bigger than Rhode Island, but um. Point point taken, but I mean, I think the the point you make is is good is a good one, right? Is that you know by upgrading their their existing footprint above to a gig for everybody, they've insulated themselves from some degree of competitive pressures within their footprint via bead bead dollars, and they can only kind of win or, or win bids and, and get green, greenfield new new territory by by participating in bead. Right. So from a technology and product perspective, they, they see, see sit pretty. It's the question is, is the marketing and sales cable still likes exploding prices, right? Mm -hmm. And which are very attractive the first year. And then you have a surprise in your lap and it's not a good one. Well, or you have your customers circling a date on their calendar where they call and complain and threaten to quit i think the difference uh, well, is exactly. that now now there 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 is increased competition from fiber within footprint right so yeah the and from fwa exploding right? prices are great if you can't get anything that's comparable right yeah. but once you can 
And we see this in mobile where, you know, sometimes if you walk across the street, you'll get a better deal from some carriers, right? So like AT&T and Verizon, you know, will extend oftentimes better deals to new customers and existing customers, whereas AT&T has kind of shifted their strategy in that in terms of giving everybody kind of the same deal. I think the same dynamic we should see play out in, in broadband as well. So, you know, do, can exploding prices survive in a world where there's a fiber overbuilder, quote unquote, across the street? Right? Yeah, in a nutshell, I think Wall Street way overreacted and, and what charter laid out there is a path for the future that in a very cost-effective way, what much better cost-effective way than, than the other guys can can have very competitive ways. So from a from a product and and technology perspective, I was I was highly impressed. And oh, we forgot CBRS. CBRS is coming in 24, right? As well. So if anything, you know, the only criticism that I would have is 24 instead of 23, right? But you know, this these are all very hard, very difficult technological lifts. Well, it should make for an insight exciting year and uh, we'll keep an eye on it. Thanks, Roger. Exactly. We'll talk next right, week. Thank you.